Hello, you're listening to Speak Up Podcast, a podcast initiative by Zeka Malaysia, one of the country's largest youth organisations. Here, we involve youth in Malaysia and beyond in conversations about the United Nations Global Goal Number 4, Quality Education. This episode was recorded by our local communities during our Speak Up volunteer projects in summer of 2020. Thank you for tuning in with our podcast brought to you by ISAC in Malaysia. Today, I'm from ISAC in UMS and my name is Ishal, a community member of Speak Up Sabah for the past one year. And with it, I have a fair share of volunteering experience and it has allowed me to grow so much as an individual. Today, however, joining us in our podcast, we have a man with a lot of experience with volunteering and leadership experiences that he has become an inspiration personally to me. And I believe that he has... impacted so many people throughout his uh, life as a student, just as a student. Uh, I believe he has a lot of things to share with you guys today. So thank you all for joining in. And with that, I welcome Sean Stanley. Sean, would you care to say hi to the crowd today? Hi, everyone. Thanks, Kishal. Thanks, man. Okay, so before we continue, allow me to give a short introduction about Sean. Although it'll be quite hard as Sean has quite the resume over here. <laughs> okay, Sean is only a 23-year-old student. Uh, he's a third-year international relations major in UMS, the same university I'm from. Sean uh, is born and raised in Penang. And I would say that his leadership experiences started when he was awarded the Anthony Robbins Foundation. for Global Youth Leadership Summit in the US back in 2013. So when Sean went to the summit that was two weeks long, he managed to gain a lot of experience. I think he was exposed to a whole other world of, uh, you know, of leaders or charitable or volunteering experiences out there. And he realized there's a lot more options than the classic academic background that we are so often trapped in. Being a mediocre student, uh, Sean was still outstanding in many other ways. And because of this, he was awarded the scholarship. And when he came back from the US, he uh, obviously had the passion to start making a difference in today's in his community. And that's when he actually volunteered to be a part-time tutor at a tuition center. Um, and it was there that he had realized that he has a passion for educating and wants to be an educator. So following up to that, uh, when he realized that the first action that he took is when that when he joined university, he decided to join Teach for Malaysia as a campus leader in UMS. And due to that, he gained a whole lot of experience. Uh, additionally, after that, he also joined uh, Leadspire Academy, which was an initiative started by one of an alumni for Teach for Malaysia, which is an NGO basically aiming to instill leadership in Malaysian youth. And through this uh, academy also, he personally directed a leadership conference in Kedah last year. So, Sean, I mean, that is some impressive background. But if I'm not mistaken, there is definitely more to you than meets the eye. So, can, would you care to tell us about your other experiences in you know, the charitable world? Right. Thanks. Thanks again, Ishal. Yes. Um, actually, in in twenty nineteen, October twenty nineteen, which is last year, 
me and uh, seven other friends, uh, we started volunteering at, uh, at a school, a school catered for the stateless and undocumented in, in the region of uh, Kota Kinabalu in Sabah. So uh, that was uh, an experience uh, out of the ordinary. Maybe I'll include this later on uh, in, in the, in, as our session goes. Lah. Right. Thanks, Ishaal. All right. Thank you, Sean. So as we can see, Sean is no ordinary student. He constantly strives to do the best he can for his community. And he has done a lot and he has a lot to share with us today. So because of that, I've invited him to talk to you guys today about education or SDG4, which, happened, which is the theme for the podcast right now. Uh, our first episode specifically we'll be talking about education inequity and even the stateless uh, children that short mentioned earlier is a very severe problem in Sabah and I think this is also a good example of education inequity as Sean mentioned earlier and hopefully we'll learn more about that and a lot more about what education inequity is so I think we can start off with exactly that what exactly is education inequity Sean? Well uh, Ishal if you look at uh look at our like our own life and uh, things near to us. Uh, for most of us, we are fortunate enough to have uh, access to quality education. Um, but uh, this isn't the same reality faced by many other students, especially those from lower income households, you know? So like, uh, I think you and me, we, we are privileged enough to go to school. And also we do not have to work part-time. And I believe that uh, we have gone for tuitions and things like that. You know, we pay for tuitions, extra tuitions and things like that. But uh, in some communities, this isn't the reality. It isn't the same as how some some of us may perceive it. So um, it all goes back down to the systemic problem of poverty, which results in these barriers existing to to some being able to attain a quality education. So oftentimes, uh, this, the socioeconomic background of someone constrains many Malaysian children uh, from gaining access to quality education. Right. Okay. I mean, like, so many problems. Education inequity is definitely not something new in Malaysia and it has existed for as long as this country existed. And surprisingly, it's still a problem despite, you know, more than... 50, 60 years of independence, yet this problem is yet to be solved. So what do you think is the main cause of this problem, education inequity in Malaysia? Is it just limited to poverty? Or like you said, it's not just, um, it's not just about the rural areas. You know, we see this education inequity also happening in urban areas. Uh, yes, uh, it's one of the major factors which contributes to education inequity in Malaysia, like uh, someone's socioeconomic backgrounds really uh, constrains them to think further. Uh, for example, let me give you uh, an example from what I've heard and seen. Like uh, this is from rural areas and also high need areas. I wouldn't say rural areas as a whole because we also have, uh, like you said, even in city areas, we have the problem of uh, education inequity. So I would say I would, uh, the right term to use would be high need areas because this, uh, because um, 
when you speak about high need areas, that is where the need is for us to go and make a difference there, you see. So uh, in uh, high need areas, a lot of uh, Malaysian children, especially, uh, they have to work part time in order to uh, support their families as well while they're studying. Because in, uh, okay, this were experience from uh, Teach for Malaysia fellows in uh, schools is that uh, some children, uh, they do not attend school on a daily basis because uh, some, they would have to resort to work after school in order to have uh, extra income for the family because of uh, coming from an impoverished background. And uh, in my experience, when I've met some of these children as well, a lot of them do not think further than SPM. So uh, their beliefs, their beliefs have been uh, circulated around the idea that after school, I really need to get a job so that I can support my family. So it, it comes to a question of survival, you see? Like uh, we, they need to survive and also to help their family survive in this kind of a community. So it's a, it's a very damaging belief, I would say, because uh, there's no, they do not have the proper guide or I would say resources being reached to them because of a gap there. Like for us in the cities, we are able to uh, have access to so many other things. For example, internet connectivity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like recently, uh, one of our UMS students also hit the headlines. Like she had to climb up a tree and stuff like that to get internet connectivity. I think that is uh, an issue with many other Malaysians as well. Not only with that, with our fellow friend from UMS, but it's a good thing that she highlighted it. So people are much more aware when uh, when issues as such are highlighted. Yeah, I think definitely the Levona, if I'm not mistaken, her name. Yeah from UMS, she definitely brought light, shed light to this matter of, yeah. I think people, especially during this MCO and uh, what we have realized is technology or internet connectivity has become somewhat of a need, not anymore a want. And especially when it comes to education, because during the MCO, 100% of our education was done online. Yeah. And it's quite sad when a lot of people almost like close to half of our community do not have access to proper internet connectivity. Yeah. As, uh, another thing I would like to highlight here is that uh, in the age of uh, where, where we get instant information at hand, right? Uh, a lot of these children, especially those from rural areas, due to lack of internet connectivity and also resources, they do not have the ability to keep themselves updated with what's happening. You know, I mean, it's always good to keep yourself informed on uh, the latest updates and issues. It's it's a learning cycle, you see. Like uh, when you are being, uh, when you get yourself informed and also learning something new. However, uh, the reality is a bit sad because uh, the main thing is that we lack in resources reaching to these parts of uh, society. So that's one of the major concerns in uh, the whole talk of education inequity as a whole. So I, I would not blame entirely on these people. However, it's, uh, that's one thing that, that really, that really comes to mind when we speak about education inequity and it's, uh, and it's a constant realization when I always go into, uh, schools to conduct workshops and all that. 
Have you ever heard the term of uh, it takes a village to raise a child? Yep, yep, definitely. Yep. And I've seen firsthand that it actually takes a village to educate a child, even in the Malaysian context, you see? So I think a lot of us, uh, a lot of Malaysians, they, I think education is one thing that everyone takes concern in. And uh, we can see in the internet as well, if there's something uh, relating, uh, something, a news relating to the education system, you can see a lot of comments and people like, you know, taking concern and giving suggestions and ideas. So uh, it is the most important thing where I strongly believe that uh, quality education can bring Malaysia forward. And it has to be quality education la, for everyone. And okay. it is a right indispensable to all. I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, yeah. like as you were saying, uh, I think specifically personally, when I went to Sabah, only then did I realize, um, you know, how lucky we are to have such a comfortable life and to have a smartphone by the side of me. Every time I'm doing my homework, I can just, okay, Google, what does this mean? You know, um, yeah. this is not something that a lot of people have. And I couldn't imagine a life without that. And I don't know how these people do it. And truthfully, they are amazing. And a yeah. lot of people, especially in our context, take it for granted, you know. Uh, I would say definitely we have friends who, even personally as well, early on, we would look at education as like, Ayo, must I study? <laughs> you know? I, I actually resonate to that because it's it's my own life experience as well. Exactly. Uh, if you look at me uh, during high school and also in my primary school days, I could say that uh, we took many, many things for granted. Lah. Yeah, like, you know, now that we realize yeah, the struggles that people go through to get a decent education, do we then value what we have? When I see, when I saw these things uh, firsthand, it gave me a sense of realization that uh, yes, that this is an issue in Malaysia, and uh, this is something that we should we should all play our part in uh, solving education inequity. Right. So before, yes. uh, if you want one second, the Malaysian Education Blueprint came out with some rather serious statistics, which pertains to how serious the matter is in Malaysia. Uh, could you give us shed some light on it for us? Yes, uh, I think I've explained to you, uh, explained this to you before. Uh, so this uh, statistics, I'll be taking it from the Malaysian Education Blueprint and also uh, PISA, right? Uh, from PISA, uh, where one out of five Malaysian children do not complete their secondary school education. Meaning to say, uh, there are those dropouts as well, like one in five of our classmates he could encounter dropouts, especially this is a, a very prevalent issue, especially in uh, rural areas and also high need areas, as I've mentioned before. And also 44% of Malaysian students do not meet minimum proficiency levels in reading. And almost 60% of Malaysian students do not meet minimum requirements in mathematics. So when you see the statistics and these numbers, when I was first introduced to these numbers, uh, I was shocked as well because, uh, I'm no expert. I'm no expert. Mm -hmm. I'm just someone uh, who who is willing to learn and uh, and someone who is willing to make a difference in the in the community as well. So uh, when I saw these uh, statistics as well, uh, I've got a shock, like I said, and uh, it really made me think further on uh, 
what are the underlying causes and how we we can play our part in contributing to narrow this gap of education inequality. Yeah, I mean, one in five not completing secondary school is massive, man. I mean, to think that a school of thousand people, two hundred are dropouts, and start working just to sustain their family. Yes. So, uh, not to be taken for granted or taken lightly. Yeah. So in many in many instances, uh, from what I've seen, SPM would be the limit to many children of uh, from high need areas. And they do not uh, think further. Like for us, when we were in school, we have uh, dreams and ambitions to become doctors, lawyers, engineers, and we can name every single uh, ambition under the sky. But yeah. uh, for some, this isn't the reality. Mm-hmm. So after Form 5 is a huge question to them, and many choose not to pursue further. Like I said before, one of the reasons being it's a means of survival. Yeah. Right. Because you cannot yeah. Blame children for. Yeah, and uh, and the second one would would be like I said uh, earlier as well, um, the lack of resources and information being transferred to people in these areas. Yeah, definitely. This problem is definitely something we need to take action for immediately. But before that, but. How does it affect Malaysia in the long run, John? So, uh, if you were to ask me, uh, how does it affect Malaysia in the long run? Uh, in terms of human capital, it really affects uh, Malaysia a lot because now we are moving towards the IR four point zero phase. Right, yeah. You know, where everything is uh, where it, where we turn to technology a lot, and also uh, STEM. STEM education is given a huge priority currently in the education system, blueprint and education system, uh, and em- an emphasis on STEM education. So if we do not prepare uh, our children for the future, starting from now, mm-hmm. it would be a major loss uh, in terms of human capital in the years to come, right? And also uh, speaking individually as a student themselves, um, we got to guide these children to know their own talents as well. Yeah. So it impacts, it impacts, uh, it impacts an individual, it impacts the community and it impacts the country as a whole as well. I agree, especially when yeah. you said earlier on that you know, education is a right in for every individual and to take that away from anybody, I mean, that's just disappointing. It should be a crime to be honest, but unfortunately things are not as easy as it easily addressed in this today's world. Uh. Especially in Malaysia, when we look at, you know, we see the huge gap between uh, cities, the urban area and the rural area, uh, where the urban area, we're talking about 5G connectivity, IR 4.0, yet at the same time in the rural areas, we have people who don't even know what Google is or don't even have access to a proper, decent internet connection. So... I guess the main issue or the main thing that we should address is how do we solve this problem and what can what steps can we take you know as a government as a community maybe the private sectors as well how do we solve education inequity in Malaysia so uh, like I said earlier the term where it takes it takes a village to educate a child yeah. um, 
you know so it's education is everyone's business it's not just a uh, one party but everyone has to play their role in uh, in solving education inequity it could not necessarily has to be the government it not necessarily has to be the private sectors parents or students themselves or teachers themselves sorry uh, it has to be everyone coming in and uh, contributing ideas to close this gap but one thing that i would like to uh, highlight here is that uh, understanding the causes and also understanding the underlying issues at the grassroots is very important in order for you to uh, solve this issue of uh, education inequity so uh, i mean i would like to encourage uh, a more bottom up approach between the one uh, between those who are working at the grassroots and also the people at the top and also the private sector who could eventually play their part in uh, contributing more in the area of cause in the area of narr in narrowing the gap of education inequity i agree even individuals like ourselves you know it's time it's time for everyone to take action towards a more inclusive education for everybody. Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah, it, you do not have to be in power to make a difference. And I think people like yourself prove that very easily. Um, so with that, Sean, would you, before we end this episode, maybe you can tell us a first-hand experience, something that uh, sticks stuck on your head or something about a situation of education inequity in Malaysia. I'm sure that you have a lot to say, but maybe we can have one that resonates with you, which you experienced maybe throughout your years of volunteering. Well, uh, one one incident, or I would say event, which was close to heart. I think this it was when I was tutoring at the tuition center. So um, there was this kid who I tutored. He was sixteen, right? And being and uh, at that age, he couldn't uh, he couldn't really read or write English properly, you know, at the age of 16, he was from four then. Um, so, uh, I would say that this kid was my biggest inspiration to come this far. Right. Um, because, uh, when I first started tutoring him, I mean, I'm someone without prior experience in education or teaching. When I first uh, started tutoring, I just took on the challenge when, uh, I, the principal, then she assigned me to this, this, this boy. And uh, when I first started with him, I would say it was a huge challenge because he's a very quiet kid. He's not notorious or anything. He, he mainly, he, he replies you with a nod. If it's yes, it goes, his head tilts up and down. If it's no, he goes left and right. So uh, he's very quiet, uh, very shy. He doesn't cause lots of trouble. It's just that he's too quiet. So, uh, and he laughs occasionally at my lame jokes that I try to <laughs> make in class. And we have like a lot of one-to-one -one sessions with him. So, um, when I first started with him, he could only write like three, three to four sentences. And uh, he would just like hand up, hand, hand up the book and he'll say, okay, I'm done. And okay, I'll just go through with him. And uh, I worked with him for about eight months. But this thing struck to me on the on the eight month, a uh, few weeks before I stopped teaching because I got my university offer. Uh, when when uh, when I marked a whole page of essay that he wrote. Wow. So I mean, with errors definitely, uh, with errors, but he came this far from four sentences to a whole page, and uh, and this thing really struck me at that point that uh, if 
you can do so much with one student. Imagine how much you can impact if you can if you if you have that passion to go further. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was a time where it really struck me and it gave me firsthand experience on education inequity firsthand. Like we still have this problem. So this this boy lives in the city, uh, not far from where I live. Uh, so even in cities, we do see this issue being common. And yes, it is a need for everyone. It, it is a need for us to address this uh, this, uh, this gap in education so that uh, quality education can be accessible to all. Yeah. And to think that someone, you know, in Penang Island, probably the second most developed area in Malaysia after KL at 60, not, be being, not being able to, you know, communicate if it's... Uh, Obviously, in English, quite surprising and quite shocking. And yeah, it was. It was really shocking to me. So yeah, I mean, this gives us a great example that, as you said, you know how much of change that he went through, uh, with the guidance that you gave him. Just imagine that if there were more people out there like yourselves, and to address this issue and to you know go hands down, meet the kids, teach them, and guide them. A lot of great things can be achieved by all these people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of wasted potential that we see in Malaysia today. And it'll be great to see everybody achieving something one day. I would say that uh, in Malaysia, we do not lack talents. We do have the talents out there. We have a lot, in fact. Um, it's just that uh, I would encourage everyone to like use your talents for the greater good of the community. Because I believe that everyone can bring a change if everyone just steps up and uh, and be brave enough to take the challenge and also uh, be courageous in in pursuing your passions yeah i couldn't agree more it's not like uh you know like i said we don't have to be some yeah like you said you were no expert neither are we or anybody in this in this volunteering world we just try to make a change you know try to get down there yeah and okay. impact the small little changes that we can make, we have no idea the long-term effects that it might bring to that individual. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, putting yourself out there is a different experience. It, uh, it makes you understand a lot of issues and it also makes you think back and reflect on your own, uh, on your own development, on your self-development. It's a, it's a lot of space for growth. You'd, you'd understand that uh, there's so much room for growth and mistakes, mistakes uh, are common, you yeah, know, mistakes are common and taking a positive approach from learning from every experience that you have, it will be, um, will be, uh, will be important for you to develop yourself as a person and also to pursue your passions along the way as well. So having a passion is definitely important. Uh, I believe that everyone has an underlying passion. Some may discover it later. Some already have it, but to pursue it and to go further with it and bring yourself along with your passions is uh, very important. Yeah, especially exactly relating to that is, I mean, I personally believe that everybody takes joy when helping others. You know, it took me some time to realize that but as an individual, but without a doubt that when I feel I have impacted someone positively, I feel good about myself. You know, I feel like that's yeah. the 
best kind of uh, reward. You know, it's yeah. not anything physical. It's just a feeling in your heart that you have done something good, and that I think beats any other award, trophy, certificate out there that anybody can give me. Well, uh, I would like to quote uh, one of Mahatma Gandhi's. Uh, one, this is one of my favorite quotes from Mahatma Gandhi is that uh, the best way to actually find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. So, well, when you're actually putting yourself out there. It gives you a lot of uh, it gives you a sense of realization on yourself and also on the work that you do, and gives you a lot of space to learn more and uh, actually grow. Like what I said earlier, lah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Especially in this potential, like I remember when I volunteered in Indonesia, uh, teaching as well. Mm-hmm. I remember that every time before I close or leave the class, um, in a certain school or whatever. And I will tell the students that if you want to become people like the people you see in front, because we had volunteers from all over the world, and if you want to become someone like this, especially when it comes to English education, which was the highlight of what we were doing, uh, is that you have to be able to, you know, learn and it's not hard. And especially I, the big misconception or the big fear among children is they are so ashamed of getting something wrong. But I feel like that is the best. As many people say, you know, the best way to learn is by making mistakes. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I mean, all of this like, there's a lot of greatness out there. There's a lot of good out there, and I feel like people should definitely start taking a change. And hopefully, people listening to this podcast today, to all of you out there, I hope that, you know, uh, it's time to take action. You know, there's no harm in, uh, putting yourself out there, doing some good. You do not have to be an expert. Like myself or like Sean over here, we just have the passion to make a positive impact, and without fail, you definitely can achieve it. So I guess that'll be all for the first episode for today. Any closing remarks you want to give, Sean? Well, um, I think I said uh, I said a lot uh, earlier, but however, this would be for the the young ones, especially those in high school and also in uh, in university, and also those who are who have already graduated. Uh, I'll make a general statement here: is that um, do not be afraid to try something new and always uh, put yourself out there. Especially uh, if you uh, to conclude my session on uh, education as well, I would like to. I I would say that uh, education is a luxury to some and also a privilege to others. So it's not uh, quality education is uh, is an important. Tool which would uh, propel Malaysia forward, and um, in order for us to bring a difference and make a change, I think it's everyone's business to play their part uh, in making a difference and to narrow the gap of education inequality in Malaysia. And together, we can solve this issue, and also uh, together we can uh, bring Malaysia forward. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you, everybody listening to this. This is our first episode, and after this, we'll be continuing again with Sean, and we're going to be addressing uh, Sean's personal volunteering experience, and firstly, the volunteering world in Malaysia. A lot of people might not know about it, so let's learn in the next episode. Thank you for now. Stay tuned. If you like our podcast. Please help us to share with people around you. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. 
at Speak Up Malaysia, where we share how we are working towards quality education in Malaysia. See you next time.